welcome to the next episode of the Sportsmania podcast. Yes, we've been off for a few weeks, one due to the international break, the other because I was in Spain. So, yeah, I am back now and we've got another podcast. And, well, admins-wise, we're a bit short on the team. Me and George, hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm all good, yeah. Yep, all good, mate. All good. Looking forward to this. And we also got another contributor lined up. He was on the cricket show, but now he's talking football. Newcastle United's very own Nick. How are you doing? I'm doing very well here, but thank you for Fantastic. having me on. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Right, so there's quite a bit to talk about because we've been off for a while. We will talk through all of it, though, for you, so you haven't missed anything. And we will start with... Uh, I, I mean, I, I had a smile on my face with this game. We're going to start with game week four and Palace versus Spurs. I mean... George, that game was uh, interesting. Some people, I've spoken to the Spurs fans who said, you know, oh, it's second string Spurs, to which I kind of said, well, yeah, but Harry Kane's not second string and he was not doing much on the pitch. What performance? Uh, it's not really a second string Spurs. Of course really. it isn't. Cause they, just because they didn't have song and Harry Kane still stropping because he didn't get his move, right? Fair play to Palace, my man Paddy. Oh, what a legend! Goes higher and higher, Mr. Vieira. Um, I thought the red card changed the game a little bit, but I... Tottenham uh, are very defensive. Like everyone moaned when Mourinho was there, how defensive they are, but they are now. But the only difference is they're conceding a lot of goals under Nuno. Mm. But yeah, I was really impressed with Edward when he came on for Palace. Like. Couple of goals. Yeah, what a debut for him. He's really good striker. And what I've noticed really with the Palace players is their new signings are really gelling together very well, making Palace quite a team. team. They're playing as a team instead of it being uh, you're playing Wilfred Zaha. No offense to anyone, any Palace fans listening, but a lot of their thing goes through Zaha. But where this season, it hasn't. I think one of their bright sparks has been. The Chelsea lonely Conor Gallagher as well. He's a really good player. I've been really impressed with him for Palace. Yeah, so like they're actually building a team. Not and when Eze comes back from his injury, hopefully he comes back as good as what he was. Yeah, exciting, especially obviously you got the January transfer window, so you'd expect a couple more players potentially to come in. Yeah, if I was Palace, I wouldn't be. I'd be a, like. Quite excited to be fair. Previous podcast people were saying, oh, Pat, I think it was Abdi, so Palace would struggle. I don't think so. I said from the start, I didn't think they would. I'm back in Vieira, so. I imagine the lowest, I imagine the highest, they could finish 10th easily, I think. Yeah. You never know. I mean, Nick, what do you think of Palace? You know, the way they've been playing, the way the, the new signings have been gelling together. Well, it's um, different. It's the more of a team this season under Biero than previous seasons with the fact they've defences the, the defenders they've signed have gelled well together with Anderson they signed he was probably Fulham's best player last season on loan and then with Ise and Gallagher and Sahab in attack with Edouard they have got some good players I think Tottenham were affected by the quarantine of the two centre backs, South American centre backs, and then Song and Bergwijn injuries affected them badly. And then I think Palace were on top when the red card happened. For what I I listened to the game on Talksport, and mm. Palace were on top before the red card, and it was only a matter of time before they got the goals. I think. I think so. I mean, after the red, before the red card, the I mean, Spurs were doing okay, but the, the amount of chances they did, they didn't do brilliantly. In all honesty, just Palace looked the more team in shape, and they looked they played some attacking football there, which I was really exciting to see. To be honest, it was different. It was it was nice and refreshing to see for Palace to play that sort of football. Yeah, especially after Roy Hodgson kept in the Premier League, but it was very defensive tactics, which. Palace fans might not have been happy with, and I think this season there might be more. It might, it's more exciting football under Bielsa. So I think the fans might enjoy 
my Crystal Palace fans when they go to the home game might enjoy it more. Oh, I definitely think so. Uh, we'll talk more about Palace later, but we'll move on now to what what I thought was, uh, we all laughed about it, it was a relegation thriller. Arsenal, Norwich, George, first win for the first win for the Gunners. And OK, it was 1-0, but it's a win. That's the most important thing. Three points in the bag. Yeah, see, this runs hard for me because I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't actually get to see any of it because I was in a cricket tournament in Leicester. <laughs> Um, but from the highlights I saw I thought we have a lot of chances but we're just struggling to put goals away but we got the goal Aubameyang scored again that got his goal Um, a win's a win at the end of the day obviously we'll come on on to other stuff but later in the show but um, I was quite impressed with Aaron Ramsdale and Tommy Yasu. They he's look good. quite they Yeah, they look Mr. Teriyaki, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so obviously we'll come to this because obviously there's been other games, but they're starting they're a young squad. They're starting to come out. They're quite a likable team now, like Ben White, obviously um got Ben White, Gabriel, it's a it's it's a different team. Thomas Partey's back now as well. And I think that's a huge lift for us. But people can say, oh, you only beat Norwich 1-0. It don't really matter. I don't. If we won 1-0 for the next 20 games, I won't really give a damn, to be honest. Yeah, you know? I mean, Man City only beat Leicester 1-0 in the same game week. And, you know, it's still a win at the end of the day. Yep. The way I see it, yeah, OK, a lot of us want to see exciting football. But at the end of the day, you can play pretty football. But if you're not going to win them pretty, by playing pretty Norwich, football... Then... Norwich get on my nerves. Like, right, it's annoying. Cause it's really... I like Norwich, but they don't They don't even try. Like, they, they get promoted easily and they... Don't do nothing. They take the parachute payment money, then they go back down. Yeah, I mean, Nick, we've talked about this a few weeks ago, and we just said we've been saying this. You know, Norwich seems to be the club that they're happy with being a yo-yo club. I mean, that I saw this headline somewhere. What's the point of pointless Norwich? And I don't get, I don't get Norwich City. I actually agree with you. Like they've, um, since they've had. There was a period when they were stable in the Premier League under Chris Hewton. But then after that, they've been relegated and then promoted season after season. They're sort of becoming like West Brom in a way. And Fulham, West mm. Brom in a way. But oh, Fulham, a I don't even remember him. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, so do I. I can... um, but um, West Brom, well, Fulham, even though they went down, they've made more fist of it the last two times. And they just they had they, they had it in their hands last season for them to stay up, and they just didn't. There was games they could should have won, and they just didn't do it. So that's why. But I think Norwich are just not ambitious. They're just they're very cautious in the Premier League when they get in the Premier League. They I don't want to go for. I wouldn't call them cautious even. No, I don't really do that. The route I go down is that their owners, they run Norwich financially as a very good football club, but they forget that they've got supporters. Yeah, yeah they they seem to care more about the financial income. Yeah, so financially they're okay. They're they're, they're very run. They're well they're well run, yeah. but they don't go and really buy players like. Or if they do, it's like a loan deal or nothing much. They sell their best players. But they'll go down this season. Then next season, they'll go and get another like 90 to 100 points again in the championship and come back up. And then potentially the next player will go be Max Aarons or Todd Cantwell. I think both will go. I think both will go if Norwich go down this time. As a as a financially run business, they've run probably one of the best mm. of the lower teams. But as a football club, like, like let's be real. Like, what is their season now? If you're um, Farker, whatever his name is, Farker, what is the, yeah. what is, is how do you motivate that team? You know that you're not good enough. 
You're a championship team at best. How do you go and motivate that team? That's a, that's a poison chalice for me. It's yeah. a difficult one with Norwich because it's the way I see it. It's like he wants to motivate them, but at the end of the day, I'm, you know, he knows that deep down the board are happy to be relegated. And even for the manager, it must be disheartening. Like the fact that Daniel Farker yeah. stayed there for as long as he has is quite surprising. Yeah. Right, we'll move on to the next game and uh, consider what we've got to talk about after this. Uh, Man United, Newcastle here. So... The great Ronaldo return, Nick, against your Newcastle. I mean, it was a good game in that sense. You know, Ronaldo came back and scored. Perfect. Perfect for United, really. It was indeed, but I do think Man United, for periods of that game, weren't um, perfect. They were making a lot of errors when they had the ball, give, giving the ball, losing possession quite easily in their own half and Newcastle certainly for large periods had chances to punish them but they just didn't take them like Joe Willock should have scored when they gave the ball to him and Longstaff should have scored but he slipped when he shot and then Harry Maguire made a terrible mistake for Newcastle's goal when he gave the ball away and then St. Maxman set up Mankio so I think and Man United only really won 4 1 because of the two late goals. So I think it was a bit harsh scoreline for Newcastle with the way they played. George, do you think that scoreline was harsh for United, really? 4 1 win? I mean, okay, the mistakes were from both teams, but at the end of the day, United won convincingly. I thought um, um, Man United were more clinical, to be honest. It's all right saying, oh, Bears for the two guys, they still took those chances and put them away. That's Newcastle's problem, right? And I don't just say this for Nick because Nick's here, but I fear for Newcastle this season. Like, I really do. Like they, they have not impressed me one bit. Everyone bans on about Norwich. Nothing and Wolves. I'd, for me, the three worst teams this season. I know it's still early, so I've been Norwich, Wolves, and Newcastle. Um. They're heavily reliant on Callum Wilson and St. Maximin. If, if, well, when Wilson's been out, they ain't really scored St. Maximin. It's very rare a player goes for a whole season without missing games. I'd, maybe that's me being super critical. With United, a lot of people thought, oh, we'll bring Ronaldo in. Because if you know, didn't know he signed for United, it's not been mentioned or anything. Has he? When did that happen? After <laughs> um, he's going City. Yeah. <laughs> um, that don't fix their problems. Their problems in central midfield. If you, I said it before and I'll say it again. Me personally, they will not win nothing under Solskjaer and I, nothing. With Fred and Matic, with McTominay. I really like McTominay. He's a decent like, player. I'm not sure. Why did, why did Man United not try and get a central midfielder in the in the summer? I don't get it. That's the area that they need the strength. I think they'll go for Rice next summer. I do think they'll go for Rice next summer, but... I think United will be up there, title challenging. Obviously, when you put Ronaldo into the fray, look, we've seen how well he's done so far. Um, but I, I think it was Man United game. I, I knew we all knew that. No offense, <laughs> Man United was going to batter uh, Newcastle and Ronaldo to score two. You knew that was going to happen. He's a show off. He's he's <laughs> he's a show off indeed. Right, the next game I want to talk about of that game week is Leeds versus Liverpool. And yeah, good performance from Liverpool there. Leeds had their moments, you know, took Liverpool a while to get scoring, Nick. But Harvey Elliott, that injury, quite a bad one. It was indeed. It, it was quite a strange incident, like with the tackle and he went down and it, it was, um referee wasn't going to do anything. And then Barb was checking... Then Bart intervened and the player got red carded and it's like this it it was not it didn't look nice the injury 
because he was Albiati was playing well before that happened. Um, I've been quite impressed with it, with what he's done since he came back from Blackpool, came back from Liverpool on Blackpool on Blackburn. But yeah, Liverpool leads early on were dangerous, and if Rodrigo had put that chance away, it could have been different. But once Liverpool scored through Salah, um, they were just too good. Liverpool, they were just really good second half and turned out to be comfortable winners and deserved winners, I thought. Yeah, I think Liverpool deserved to win in the end, um, In the end, to be honest, wait, watching that game. Yeah, that Harvey Elliott injury was horrible. And I do, obviously, we do wish him here speedy recovery from it. George... How much of a miss will Harvey Elliott be to Liverpool, though? Will it be a big miss, or it's is it something they can easily deal deal with? You know, as you know, what do you think? And it's a hard one because obviously he's just blown up, blown, blown onto the team, really, isn't he? But um, I think they might be all right. I do think they'll miss him. Don't get me wrong, but like it's not like a Salah or a Mane or a Jota or Van Dijk one or Arnold them ones. So. Hopefully he comes back soon and does really well, like Nick said. Yeah, I, he was impressive at Blackburn when I watched him a bit there because I watched the EFL. I do think they'll miss him because obviously it's been a bit of a surprise for them. So, but well, one thing I will say about Leeds, they're another team that have really disappointed me this season. Like they're not the leads of last season. Maybe they've got the hangover of the second season syndrome thing, but I don't know. They just can't put my finger on it. They just don't really look that good. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk more about Leeds and Newcastle when we talk. Uh, go on to their game. But now it's time to have a bit of a laugh, boys. Um, we talk Champions League and we will talk first of all you know, Ronaldo's return to the Premier League, brilliant. Ronaldo's return to the Champions League with Man United, uh, not so much. 2-1 loss <laughs> to young boys. <laughs> George, that red, there's a red, there was a red card there as well. I mean, yeah, not great for United, is it? No, it wasn't a good start for United, to be fair. Um, the Wan-Bissaka red, I thought that was a bit stupid, to be honest. Put yourself in that position. Um, the Lingard, I don't know what Lingard was doing, like with the second goal. I heard that um, thing on Facebook that apparently Lingard took over Rashford because he wanted to feed the young boys. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. It, disappointing, but there's still another five games, I suppose. Um, They've got Villarreal next. I can't really afford to drop points there for me. Be funny if they do, though. <laughs> I'll let you say that to Abdi and all them. <laughs> I get <laughs> I get accused of making digs, and but um, yeah, it would be funny. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there's there's plenty of games to go still, Nick. So not a disaster for United, but it's a game you know people expect. You know, they didn't, no one expected United to lose to young boys, really. No, um, I think, um, they started well, but then they shot themselves in the foot, um, after they went ahead with the red card, and then they should have defend, they should have seen the game out probably better. Um, young boys, their substitutes changed the game for them, um, so that's and. So credit to them to get for them to get the win. Uh, it's not the end of the world for Man United in that game, that first losing that first game because the other game finished in a draw. But we are So there's still plenty of time, but they got to pick I up a win. No, two two. They drew with Atalanta. It was two all. One when I lost it as well. Yeah, so it's it's a must. I think it's a must win next. I think against Bureau is a must win for Man United. I mean, they have to get they have to get something because obviously if Atlanta go and just hypothetically say Young Boys beat Atlanta at Atlanta, that put them on six, and then if United just hypothetically say they lost, it'd be six four, and it's it's a big gap to come from. So yeah, 
they can't. If they lose, then if they lose and uh, um, the young boys win, then you start to think, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. We'll have to wait and see how that pans out in a few weeks' time. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. And this was touch and go for me, that one, George. Liverpool, AC Milan. I mean, that was a thriller. That was that game. Yeah, it was a good game, actually. I quite enjoyed it. I watched a friend of mine um, who's a Liverpool fan. And um, he he was like, one minute it was Milan, then it was Bam Bam, then Liverpool. It was just, uh, quite a high entertaining game, to be fair. Yeah, it was really good. AC Milan, I mean, they looked okay. They looked good for a lot of the game. After, you know, Liverpool went 3-2 up. Nick, though, I though thought AC Milan really dropped considerably then. Yes, I do agree with you. Liverpool started really quickly out the traps and AC Milan were a bit overawed by it because a lot of their youngsters were struggling. But... Um, they got back into they rolled out the storm and then after they saved the after the penalty was saved from Salah and then they got the two goals very quickly, which Liverpool was sloppy defending. But then once they Liverpool, I was quite impressed with the fact Liverpool in the second half managed to turn it around and got it back in front and managed to keep the lead to the for the um, to the end. I thought. It was a tough game for Liverpool, but it, they managed to get get through that. So it was a good, a really good game. I really enjoyed listening to that on the radio. Yeah, yeah, it was a very good game, and yeah, that group that group is an interesting one considering Atletico and Porto uh, was goalless. So yeah, that was interesting. We'll move on to then the next. They didn't have Zlatan either. So yeah, be... and that's another one. When he comes back, that will be interesting. How AC Milan will do as well. Uh, the next game we'll move on to was a different thrill, thrill of a different kind. Nine goals, six goals for City, three for Leipzig. I mean, George, we did say Leipzig are going to struggle a bit in the Champions League because they have mis- they've lost a few players. And uh, is that a fair result, really, for City? Would you say? See, I didn't really watch this, but at one stage it was quite close, and then I heard City just went bam, bam, bam and scored. So. I think Leipzig may drop down into Europa League. I did say that at the start. It just... Where City have an endless amount of talent, you just... And yeah, they haven't got a number nine and we'll come to that that being maybe an issue, but they still can go on and score six like there or... It's a bit of a tiny bit of a rebuild for Leipzig for me because obviously they lost Nagelsmann, they lost Ambacano, um, Werner... I know Werner went last year. Mm, but They lost Soboslai as well, or whatever name is. Yeah, so they've lost quite a lot of their players. So, okay, they brought in Andre Silva, who's a really good striker, but still, given time, and City were finalists last season, and fortunately, I think they'll... I'm not saying the final, but they'll be there or thereabouts. It all depends. Yeah, I think it would be silly to not put City in that bracket. I'll mention quickly one game from that group, George, and we'll stick with you quickly. Uh, Club Rouge uh, and PSG. I remember, recall you saying Bruges will get no points. Neil Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they've got one point, so they've got more than knowledge. Um, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> PSG, that baffles me. Like They had Messi, Neymar and Mbappe up front, I think, or something along those lines. And they still got... And they only do 1-1 and like, I'm just... Um, it's obviously, it's really famous football in phrase about a manager that you can, you can take the man out of Tottenham, but you can't take the Tottenham out of the man. Yeah, I could see that though. With yeah. PSG and Pochettino, and that's all I'll say. Yeah, it's uh, it was very disappointing for PSG. I th- I thought they, no matter what they do, they bring in Messi, they bring in all these players, and they go, uh, you know, you get people to Bruges. I'll hold my hands up. No, I absolutely, you, Bruges. Have... I thought it was absolutely crap, Bruges. And if there's any representatives listening, I can't talk French or Belgian or whatever languages, but I apologize. No, but Club Bruges did really well, you know, and that's for PSG. 
you know, you get people like Julian Laurent who go, ah, PSG are a very great team and we're going to win everything in the Champions League and that never happens. Um, so... Hey? I said they can't even beat Bruges. Exactly. They can't, they can't even win the league that they're the only decent team in. Pretty much. So, yeah, disappointing there for PSG, but I'm not going to lie. It wasn't exactly something I was too disappointed about myself. We're going to move on to the next game. Uh, and... Okay, Chelsea won. That's brilliant. But Nick, I don't know about you, but I was listening to that game. I was a bit disappointed how much of a how much hard work we made of that game. Either that or Zenit, which is very good. I don't know. I think it was the it was the way I think Chelsea were finding it hard to break Zenit down their defensive shape. They were quite deep and there wasn't a lot of space in behind for Chelsea forwards to run into. So I think that was a factor. But also Chelsea definitely made hard work at that. You got to win in the end, but it took you quite a while to break them down, which I thought you would have probably won for quite more comfortably than you did. Uh, four, four or five goals for Chelsea against Zenit. Yeah, my prediction, George, was Chelsea to beat Zenit 4-1, considering I thought Malmo and Zenit were probably the easier teams in that group for Chelsea, considering Juve, but yeah, it wasn't meant to be that. We won, but yeah, not brilliant performance for there. Yeah, I, I thought Zenit would be a bit hard because it's out in Russia. Is it, it was in Russia, wasn't it? No, uh, no, it was at the bridge. Oh, yeah, the bridge, okay. Um, but you know what? These Russian teams, like they're not the easiest. They're really hard to break down. Like, obviously, when you go out there, because obviously you've got the plastic pitches, haven't you, out there, and the conditions, and I don't know, maybe um, Roman sent some people over or something. Um, yes. I don't, I didn't really watch that, and I don't really know who plays for Zenit anymore, but they've always been one of those annoying teams. Yeah, it was an interesting one. We'll see how the Champions League go in other European results in that European midweek. You had West Ham getting off to a winning start, beating Dinamo Zagreb. You also had Leicester drawing with Napoli. And that's all the European games for English teams. Uh, I was, Oh, no, hold on. Wait, no, Tottenham drew with Ren. That doesn't, conference league doesn't really matter. Right, we're going to move on to the next one. And we're going to move to the, to the Premier League uh, game week five. And Nick, we're going to start with Newcastle Leeds. Draw for both teams. Points shared. Nick, I'll be honest. Are you worried about Newcastle and them staying up because that was not really a convincing performance from Newcastle then. I'm actually not concerned about Newcastle really? staying up this season. No, I'm not because the play Newcastle, it was quite a good game and Newcastle and Leeds both had a lot of chances. Their goalkeepers were making a lot of saves. That was the only thing. That's why we, we had more than one. There was only one goal for both teams. Um, but once Newcastle have, if Newcastle have Wilson, Sir Maxima, and Miron fit all season, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll strengthen January, and I think Newcastle will. De- I'm pretty confident Newcastle will stay up. We'll get our mojo going and string a few wins again together. Interesting there. Uh, um, uh, George, they were saying Steve Bruce out, some fans at some point, uh, too early, or do you think Steve Bruce should go? I will answer that, but I I, I just really, (laughs) I want to pick Nick's brain on a couple of things. So, what makes you think you're going to actually spend money in January when you didn't spend nothing in the summer? And the second point is, you don't score goals. Like, I'd, I'd be worried. Like, that's me personally. Like, I just, I just what makes you think you're going to spend money in January when you've not done it previously? <laughs> All right, you bought Willock. That's it. 
yeah, Nick, surely you well, need to spend more money in January. You need to actually spend money in January. What you know that they are trying, but there are circumstances that are handicapping Newcastle. For example, um, the are the um the legal case against the Premier League that's taking up time and finances, and so that's not helped. The fact they pushed that back to start next year, which is a bit dodgy, I think, because I don't know what's going on with that. This should be more. They should speed that up. But uh, they did try and sign more players in the window. It just didn't come off last summer. So, And that just goes back to how your clubs run again. Yeah. It's not really the point I'll... I know, but I... Yeah. I do think... The problem I have is, if they sack Steve Bruce, who would replace him? Ooh, no man. one... No one think- go to Newcastle. You've got a lot. I think you've got a lot of potential replacements for managers, but I think your problem doesn't always. Yeah, manager might be a problem, but surely you've got the big problem lies with the the usual suspect, Mike Ashley. Yeah, that's the thing. Until Newcastle get taken over, that's going to be that would be the continuing major issue because there there were times during the game on Friday they were chanting against um, Mike Ashley. See, obviously, I'll this come happens. back to what, the point what Hubert was saying. So, um, do I think Steve Bruce should stay or go? When, I don't know if Hubert, I think it was actually I was talking to, when we were talking, said that Steve Bruce got announced as the Newcastle manager. And I said, oh, that's a relegation battle. No offence, they couldn't even be, like, and have been, but they couldn't. And uh, who you... I don't even know who they got next. Watford. <laughs> like, I'm not being rude. I can see Watford getting spent. Like I can. Obviously, Nick won't agree with that because he sports um, Watford. No, he don't. Sports Newcastle. So, um, but I, I'm not saying they're doomed or nothing like that. But they're not. It's, they're not in a good way at the minute. Like they've got good players. Like St. Maximin, Almiron, Willock, Wilson, Fraser, when he plays. I don't know. It's... If I've always known Newcastle has played decent football, and I just think they're boring. Like, and that obviously goes back to Steve Ruiz. I know you're saying I was, no one would take the job, but why wouldn't someone like Eddie Howe take it? Or. And, up and coming championship manager, right? And, and everyone said, Peter say, oh, but they're not Premier League experience. I've, I've, that's so much bull crap. I've never heard it uh, so much. Like, so what about Thomas Frank at Brentford? He didn't have Premier League experience, or even Eddie Howe himself, or Sean Dyche, or there's, there's managers out there for Newcastle's level. Newcastle's level for me at the minute. Is probably between 14th to the bottom of the table and 14th, 15th. It's a good season. And that's true. And that, it's really not a dig at Newcastle fans. I just think, like, what do the fans want? I think that's the bigger question. If the fans know exactly what they want, if they want Ashley out, then stop sinning stuff about your manager. If you want your manager out, then stop sinning stuff about the thing or if you want both of them out just be honest about it I think they want well they want the ownership to change for definite and I think a lot of fans want them Bruce out as well but that follow that kind of current side doesn't it like if Ashley goes Bruce goes because if anyone no disrespect anyone with a, any owner with a bit of ambition will not be having Steve Bruce no I know Newcastle was a big side like years and years ago. I remember when they was in Europe under Bobby Robson. I remember when they were going for titles with Keegan and stuff. Like it's a similar thing with my club. Like you, mm. it's sad to see, really. But I I don't think we're as bad as you. 
No, I don't think so. I mean, in all honesty, you've got, you've got more potential. You've got, you've got more potential. I mean, with Newcastle, the problem is Newcastle, when you've got your players fit, you're good. But then, God forbid, St. Maximan gets injured. You know, Wilson no, when they've gets... got Callum Wilson, they're good. That's the problem. Mm. If Callum Wilson yeah. gets injured, you're going to be completely screwed. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what Newcastle are. They're a Bournemouth in black and white. Mm, that is actually fairly accurate. I mean, Bournemouth done. Bournemouth struggled. They, if Wilson stayed fit, they would have stayed up. Um, not just Wilson. Brook, was it not David Fraser. Brooks who got injured as well? Yeah, Brooks, Fraser, and Wilson. But you've got two of them. You nearly had all three. But if so, to swap that. So if Almiron and and sorry, not Almiron. So Maximin and Wilson are injured or out. It's like they don't have an idea. Like, and I don't understand that like, with Dwight Gale. Like, he, wherever he's gone, he's scored goals. Even for Newcastle, he's scored goals. But it's just like they don't play him. That's what I mean. Just, I just don't understand I don't, it. I, I don't. I don't either. But, I thought Dwight Gale would be one of your best strikers this season. Well, didn't he score that? And then uh, didn't he score like three or four goals in the project restart? Well, exactly. Yes. He, he scored loads. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe uh, there's certain players there you can tell they're Steve Bruce players as well. You know what I mean? Like they're not. Maybe it's the way I like it. I like to watch teams that are exciting, like attacking, but I just. It's heavily reliant, and then you you rely on someone that much. Like you look at examples, Arsenal heavily reliant on Abamyam. Abamyam failed. Look at how bad we've been. Then you see, obviously Newcastle with Wilson. You see, who else? I'd even say Everton with Calvert Lewin, like. Yeah. They're not the same team without Calvert Lewis. Even Antonio at West Ham, but they're starting to build a squad. But I just, I do feel sorry for Newcastle fans to see what they've got, to see what they had. And now Mike Ashley just laughs at them. He don't care. No, of course he don't care. He's still getting money from Newcastle. And I think <laughs> before you even talk about the manager, I think the bigger problem at Newcastle is Mike Ashley, and that that's been a problem for years. You are where you are because you got Steve Bruce because of the ambition of your owner. That's mm-hmm. I think that that's what I mean. That coincides. Do mm-hmm. if you sack Steve Bruce, is someone who's positive and young going to be given the chance? Personally, don't think so. Which to me boils down to the fact that who really needs to go is not Steve Bruce just yet. The first person that needs to go. Yeah, is the owner, and then probably Steve Bruce will follow, like you say, because I mean, no offense to Steve Bruce, but he's not exactly an ambitious manager. Well, no, look at the teams he's been at and what he's done. Wigan, didn't he keep just keep them up or did he relegate them? No, no Wigan me, didn't go down, down, they went down under Martinez, I think. Sunderland, Sunderland, he was, I'm sure he was, yeah, yeah. finished 10th under Steve Bruce. But in general, he's not a manager that I'd class as ambitious. He's he's okay, but yeah, it's 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 one of these things. It's a tricky one uh, for Newcastle there. Nick, so we've talked about Newcastle, and okay, certainly there's plenty of problems there. I'm not going to say relegation just yet, but surely should Leeds fans be worried? I oh, that's a tough question. I think then. I think they should be worried for the fact that the I think the way they played it's not been like last season um, when they've been on like intensity and pressing, pressing, pressing under Beyonce, and also the fact they picked up quite a lot of injuries, especially centre back. All the centre backs seemed to get drop down injured, and then Bamford and Rafinha got injured as well against Newcastle. So I think that is a factor, but. I wouldn't say yet be concerned, but if it carries on for next few games, then I think definitely they should be worried. Yeah, I just I look at Leeds and 
the thing that comes to my mind is very simple. Second season syndrome to me, Nick. I mean, they were good. They were okay last season. They've had some good results and all that. But then this season, have they actually won a game? I don't think so. Uh, not in the league. They've won one. In, they've won in the league cup, a couple of games in the league cup, but not in the Premier League. Yeah, I think it's a big worry for me for Leeds. Uh, I like I said, I'm not. I'm not saying worry about relegation just yet, but it's 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 concerning that Leeds have not won a league game yet, and we're you know up on up to game week six coming up. So uh, I don't know. I'm not. You know, there's plenty of game weeks to go. Still, there's 33 game weeks to go. So. Technically, there's plenty of time still, but yeah, an interesting one there. And I think the injuries will not help in the upcoming games either. Right, the next game I want to talk about, and this is uh, the great Man City I want to talk about because they, okay, they hammered Norwich 5-0. Lovely. They beat Arsenal 3-0. Fair enough. Uh, they beat Leicester just about 1-0 and they 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 couldn't beat Southampton, Nick. It was only a nil-nil draw. Yeah, um, you got to give. I think you definitely have to give credit for that to Southampton, the way they defended, and they were quite good going forward. They were quite dangerous, and arguably on another on another day they could have got they could have got a victory if it wasn't for the controversy with the refereeing controversy. They would have probably won won the game. With the penalty, if they had had the penalty, got the penalty, if that stood, then they could have won it. So they did. Tampa played really well. Man City were just off it, really, to against Southampton, and they didn't really create much in attacking sense either. So Guardian must be concerned about that. I mean, it's one of these things. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying Man City will not challenge for the title because, of course, they will. You know, it'd be stupid to say they won't. But against teams like Southampton, they should really be winning these games, Champions League or not. With the with the squad and the extent of the, the squad they have, they should be beating teams like that. Oh, definitely. Players they have, they had De Bruyne and Foden and Mares, Bernardo, Jesus, Sterling. They got a lot of Grealish. They got a lot of forward. They got a lot of attacking players, and they should have won that game quite easily. No, no matter what the having played something uh, midweek before, I just think the lack of an actual centre forward might cost Man City um, in going forward. Because if they had a centre forward, they probably would have got. He probably would have. T- got a goal and won the game for them so that area could come back to bite them I think well this is the thing though you say you say they need an out and out of the striker they need a proper number nine and yes that's true they do but then if you watch a game against Leipzig who undoubtedly I'd say are probably a better team than Southampton that's I'm, I'm no offense Southampton fans they are and they they put six past them without a number nine. Yet you're telling me they can't put even one past the new past the Southampton without a number nine. Well, it, they have done the false number. They have won quite a number of games without an actual striker, but Southampton probably got the tactics right and just the way they defended and the fact they were on the they were quite aggressive going forward and in possession something and and were dangerous creating creating chances so Shay Adams and Armstrong were, were causing problems for them so I'm not sure what it was probably just one of those games really for Man City hopefully they can get out the system quickly yes hopefully uh, we'll move on to talking Southampton though because I'm not saying, you know, after that game, oh, Southampton are brilliant. They will definitely stay up. I'm not saying you'll definitely get relegated, mind you, although most of us certainly had Southampton to be relegated. I think you could still be involved in a relegation scrap, but Southampton, a bit of a slippery slope there. 
you know, they're not they're a bit of a bogey team really for City. Yeah, but they're definitely on. They've only won four Premier only the only won four league games since the beginning of since they beat Liverpool on the second of January, which is alarming form. And two of the wins were against teams that are, that are now are, that got relegated, so they need, their form needs to improve. Away form is shocking. They're atrocious away from home. They the block. I think it's like that they just can't buy away win. Yeah, I mean they're picking up one point there, one point somewhere else. So that that, that that's okay, but that's not that, that might that's not guaranteed to get you you know to stay up in the in the Premier League. No, definitely doesn't guarantee you. They need to um they need to improve, they need to get the, they need to get um a run of points and also I think goals are going to be hard to come by with with Danny Ings no longer there, I'm thinking where goals can come from. Well, Prowse can score from set pieces, but will Shea Adams and Dan Mumford get them the goals in the Premier League? I wonder. Probably. I think they need to give other players a goal. You know, they need to give Brojo a goal, I think. They don't have mm-hmm. much to lose on that account, I don't think. I definitely agree with you that on that. They need to try and give the youngsters um, in their squads a go up front if they have any decent, any good ones there. I think Southampton will be in the relegation battle, but they could stay up, they could not. It, it all depends, really. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one if they do get relegated considering how long they've been in the Premier League for. So, yeah, no, we'll ha- be looking out to see what happens there. So, George, uh, now you're back with us. Uh, we, we, you know, we've talked about the num- Man City's need for a number nine. We say Man City are, you know, crying out for a number nine. But then I said to Nick and, you know, Nick responded, and we want, I want to know what you think here. You know, Man City are crying out for a number nine, but they can put six goals past RB Leipzig without a number nine, but they can't put a goal past Southampton? I think it's um, a bit different like with the Premier League because they're a lot harder. Like uh, in Europe, it's not you can play more fluent football, whereas Premier League you've got a test all the time. Yeah, I think it is one of these things. I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens in Man City. Moving on to the next game, Liverpool Palace, and okay, Palace were brilliant against Spurs, but you know, Nick surely expect against Liverpool. I guess you weren't expecting Palace to get much out of that game. No, I was not. Ex- I was expecting a Liverpool win there, but uh, Palace gave it a good go. I thought um, they had quite a few chances, and they um, Allison denied them a goal. Um, it wasn't Allison; they probably would have scored, but they just couldn't defend set pieces properly. Like the first, like first goal was a corner, and they fl- Salah flicked it on goalkeepers couldn't hold it, and Manish scored, and then. They couldn't didn't mark Van Dyke for the second goal either, so I think that was their Achilles heel, and that will cost them. But it was Liverpool got the win done, even though Palace did cause them problems. I thought. Yeah, Palace did cause them a few problems, but you know, George, I think Palace will. You know, would Palace Palace fans be very disappointed that they didn't get anything against Liverpool, considering the the, the quality of team that Liverpool have. I think before the game they wouldn't, but as the game went on, they did have chances, and I thought three nil was it wasn't really a fair reflection because if they put their chances away, Liverpool could have been struggling. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting game involved that beauty of a goal from Cater. So yeah, no, no, interesting game yeah, that there. Was a very good one. That was a beauty, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. We're going to move on to the next game, and George will stick with you because it was Burnley Arsenal, and again. 1-0 to Arsenal, uh, you know, it's a win. It's Burnley at the end of the day, similar quality to Norwich these days. You know, they're both, I think, on zero points, if I'm correct. Good win for Arsenal, though, still, you know, six points. Yeah, I thought we played quite well against Burnley, to be fair. I thought Ramsdale had a really, really good game again, and Tommy Asu again. We started to create a few more chances, which was good. And it was a very good goal by, or great free hit by Erdegaard. So it gives him confidence. Second half, Burnley was 
more dominant. There was a VAR penalty check, but I know that was no way a penalty. Ramsdale got the ball. But another clean sheet going to you-know-what on Sunday. Yes, we'll talk about... Well, we'll move on to predictions on that later. But another question about Aaron Ramsdale. How far do you think he is from dislodging Leno from the first-choice goalkeeper spot? I think he already has, if I'm honest. I think there's a hell of a lot of Arsenal supporters will be absolutely fuming if he gets rested on Sunday. For He's just playing really well. Like he, Playing out the back, Ramsdale's a lot better as well. And just... I just think he's an all-round better goalkeeper. He's young and um, he's made some. He's a very good. Like people think, oh, he was Sheffield United goalkeeper when he got relegated, but he was in in the top three. I've had just behind Allison and Edison being the best shot stopper in the Premier League. So he isn't. He's no mugging goal. I personally do think Ramsdale has dislodged Leno, but obviously the only one who knows that is Arteta. But he hasn't conceded a goal yet, so when he's played, so you can't. He's got to be doing something, right? Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see how that goes because I do agree. I think Ramsdale at the moment should be way ahead of Leno, really, for the first choice goalkeeper. And Nick, we're going to move on to Burnley. And okay, Arsenal, you know, technically a bigger team than Burnley, which is fairly correct, I'd say. But uh, Burnley fans, you know. They've had, they've had, I don't have they had their nine lives in the Premier League. They, they've not gotten much. Still, are, are should Burnley fans be worried? Um, not really sure. Um, they, in previously they've seemed to be able to get out of it. So maybe Sean Dyke could do it again, but they didn't really strengthened that much in the summer so I think they could be really struggling this time and I think they they I think they might not get out of it this time relegation wise because they have played but they have in the first five games they played Liverpool, Everton and Arsenal so they've got to consider that as well yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what will happen with Burnley. The next game I want to move on to is Brighton-Leicester. Um, Leicester uh, lost 2-1 to Brighton. Obviously, a few days before that, they drew 2-1 with Napoli. George, with Leicester City this season, I mean, OK, they they lost to Man City only 1-0, but I'm not convinced that Leicester... How are Leicester looking to you? Because I'm not convinced about them this season. I'm not. They will not be relegated, no. But the what about the European contention? I don't know. I'm not convinced of them at the minute, but oh, I will say after every time they play in Europe, they they don't they can't cope. Um, that's what I mean. Everyone bangs on about Brendan Rodgers, right, with the Arsenal job, and I'm just like, well, he, all right, he's up there, but he ain't doing. He's built a good squad. That's about it. Um. I don't know. Um, obviously, I do think he put injuries into contention, don't you, I suppose? But I'm not overjoyed on them at the moment, Leicester. Um, the way they're playing, they ain't going to get top... No, they won't get top four, I don't think, anyway. But I think sixth, seventh, maybe, for them, if they carry on the way they're playing. They need to get... I think what's the different thing is that like Ian Nacho last season was banning in the goals. This season, he's just gone back to what he was, hasn't he? Like, not really featuring. And if they can get Madison and Barnes firing again, and obviously Vardy, you know what he does. But I do feel sorry for Ian Nacho. He scored one in goals and then back on the bench. Yeah, I'm really confused by that. Nick, Nick, why do you think that is that Ian Nacho, that, you know, after doing what he did last season, this season, he's not featuring much. You know, why Why is why is that? Because logically, surely he should have been a starting striker. Maybe because um, Leicester, um, they still favour Jamie Vardy as their main striker. I'm not really sure. Ian Nacho's 
probably should have played more with the goals they got last season, but they did sign um, the Zambia striker from Salzburg as well. So they have him to consider as well. And then Bakri Salman from Lille. And they both played in Europa League. So um, there's, they've got quite a lot of competition for places in those forward lines. So that's possibly why Inacho hasn't played as much. But I think he should have probably started more games. It's an interesting one, really. We'll have to wait and see what happens with the uh, Leicester situation. I'm, I'm certainly not convinced. I think them getting top six is definitely not a guarantee by the the way they're going at the moment, certainly. And, I mean, I still think they qualify through their group in the Europa League, probably. It's not going to be easy, but I think they'll manage. What The next team we'll talk about is Brighton, because, okay, they've had a few, a few losses, but they're not looking too bad, Brighton, George. No, I think Brighton look good. Graham Potter's got them playing some nice football. That with Trossard and Morpay. Um, obviously, I've got Sanchez in goal. I, I was quite impressed with Brighton, so no, fair play to them, to be fair. They play some decent football. Yes, it'll be interesting. I mean, Nick, how how high do you see Brighton finishing the table if they keep only if they keep up the form they are they have got at the moment? Well, it depends if they do keep the form, current form. Um, I don't. Well, they're currently fourth at the moment, but I don't think they'll finish there. And I don't think. I think they, I probably eighth, ninth. If they keep the form up, because to be honest, there are teams below them that probably should be finishing above them anyway. Like the Premier League table is a bit skewed with in that place at the moment. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Brighton. Uh, you know, I think eighth, ninth. Even top 10 would be quite a good finish for them considering their previous finishes in the Premier League table over the last few seasons. Tottenham, Chelsea. And, okay, George, Spurs were lost 3-0. First half, a bit boring. Bit of a snooze fest. Um, you know, but it's an okay result for Chelsea. But, you know, the first half, it could have gone anywhere, I think. I thought Tottenham was all right in the first 15 to 20 minutes. But then, it, like you say, it got a bit boring. Then second half, Chelsea just sliced them apart like it was just bam 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 and Tottenham's edge just went and didn't they had someone sent off as well didn't they Tottenham was it Tandanga uh that was in the Palace game um yeah so it's like I said though like which Spurs they their defense is so leaky at the minute and they're not really creating much so obviously Nuno's got to try and get a bit of a balance there but it was just run in the mill you knew no one expected Tottenham to get anything at Chelsea yes and that is what that is an interesting one I've had a I spoke to a Tottenham fan over the weekend after the game and they said to me Nick uh, that although Nuno is now the new manager at Tottenham obviously they still play the Mourinho way they possibly have a point at the moment but I don't recall Nuno doing that to Wolves I think Wolves were more attacking under Nuno they did defend well but they had times they did play a lot of good football at Wolves under Nuno so I'm quite surprised maybe Tottenham don't have the players at the moment to play it or I'm not sure they have a few good players there to be fair but I think the question is mainly you know do you think they are still playing like Jose Mourinho's Tottenham rather than Nuno's Tottenham at the moment, I think they possibly are more like Mourinho at the moment. But once Nuno gets the from what once Nuno gets the balance right, I think they could do like at Wolves because I think they under him at Wolves they did play really good football, but they just ran out of steam because of. Small squad than European football. That's what caused Wolves problems, I thought. 
Yes, well, we'll see what happens. If only Tottenham... That's you know, Jimenez's injury was big for them. Yeah, that that, that was going to have an impact as well, to yeah. be fair. Right, so the next game, George, uh, Man United, uh, West Ham Man United, it was... Uh, I mean, Man United won the game, but that game could have been a draw easily. I thought Man United were the better side slightly. They, they didn't put away some of their chances and stuff, but... I still can't get my head around why they let Mark Noble take the penalty at the end. I just going in cold. I just don't get that. And you knew Lingard was going to score. Just dot on the cards. <laughs> yeah, you kind of. I mean, he didn't celebrate much when he scored that goal against West Ham. Which, yeah, I guess I can see why. To be honest, uh, Nick, what do you think about the Mark Noble situation? Mark Noble going to take the penalty? Do you think that was a bit weird? Because most people seem to. I didn't actually follow the Man United game because I was out at the rugby, but apparently David Moyes, st- I think it was based on his stats, is that Mark Noble has had lots of penalty successes. So that's why David Moyes decided to put bring him on for that reason. But I think they should have given him at least five minutes, five, ten minutes, so he wasn't cold. I think it was like his first touch, wasn't it? He took the penalty. Yeah, I think so. It was was very odd there from Moyes, really, yeah. on that one. Uh, strange decision, cost the game, I think. But, yeah, Man United just about won it. Right. Now, we will move on to predictions for game week six. And this is going to be very simple. A score prediction from each of you two uh, for each of the games. And we will start with... Chelsea versus Man City. Score prediction, Nick. Uh, I'm going to say 2-1 win for Chelsea. Ooh, interesting. George? Um, 1-1. Yeah, I think that would be a fair result. I'm going to go for 2-1 Chelsea as well. Next one, Nick. Man United, Aston Villa. Man United to win uh, 3-2. George? 4-1 United. Interesting. I'm going to go 3-1 United for that one. Now, this will be interesting. Everton Norwich, Nick. I'm going to say 3-0 uh, Everton. George? 2-0 um, Everton. Interesting. Um, consider Everton's striker situation then. That this, you're not sure, I'm not sure where the goals are going to come from. I'm going to go one all for that one. Okay, Nick, Leeds versus West Ham. Basically, with you don't know who's fit for Leeds and who isn't, I'm going to go 2-0 West Ham. George? 3-1 West Ham. Yeah, I can't really see anyone else. 2-1 West Ham for me as well. Right, Nick, Leicester Burnley. I can only see Leicester winning. I'm going to say 3-0 win for Leicester. George? 2-1 Leicester. Yeah, I'm going to go 1-0 Leicester for that one. Must-win game, you'd think, for Newcastle. Watford, Newcastle, Nick? I think they are going to do it. I'm going to say 2-1 Newcastle. George? 2-1 Watford. I'm going to go 1-0, actually, for that one. Next game, Brentford, Liverpool, Nick? Liverpool to win 4-0. George? See, I don't think it'll be that easy. Um, 3-2 Liverpool. Oof. I'm going to go 3-0 Liverpool for that one. Okay, next. Uh, Southampton versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Nick? Oh, now this is a hard one to decide. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 1-0 Wolves. Interesting. I'm I'm gonna go two all actually for that one, George. Two nil Southampton. Interesting. Next, uh, very, uh, two games to go. This game is pretty irrelevant, really, in my opinion. You know, not a very small game, not a very big game, really. George, Arsenal Spurs. <sighs> um. One nil Arsenal. Ooh. Nick Arsenal Tottenham North London derby. Well, you can never tell what a derby match form goes out the window. So, but I'm actually gonna, 
I fancy Arsenal to win that 2-1. I'll be surprised if Arsenal don't win 2-1 Arsenal for me. And the last one, the, uh, what's it called? M23 Derby. Yeah, that, that does exist. Crystal yeah. Palace, Brighton, George. 3-3. Monday night thriller. I've never had one of these before. <laughs> wow. Something different. I mean, if wow. Okay. Uh, Nick. Oh, this is very hard match to decide, but I am going to say... 3-2 Palace. Both going for thrillers. I'm sorry, chaps. Monday night. Nah, 2-1 Palace uh, for me. Right. Moving on to the next feature. My favourite. In and Bin. Yes, the fantasy football feature where each of you gives me one player that you think people should put into their team and one player you think they should bin. And we're going to start with you, Nick. Um, I think you should... So for the player in, uh, I would say Andros Townsend of Everton. Interesting, because he has created goals and he has scored goals this season. And I would probably, um, because Richard, I would bin Richardson uh, or Calvin Lewin because they are injured at the moment. George, you're in and bin, please. So my bin would probably be. Man City defender because I don't think they're going to keep a clean sheet. My in one's really it's quite interesting. I'm going to go for Conor Gallagher. Why is actually quite interesting? But considering how he's Five, doing with Palace, 5.7 million for Conor Gallagher with three favourable fixtures, and he's hit. Um, He's scored a couple of goals, set up goals, and he's on set pieces now for Palace. But yeah, that, that is a fair point, to be fair, for Palace there. And Palace do have Brighton, so there can be goals in there, I think. My one's going to be quite interesting, mainly because when uh, the person might bin will be Patrick Bamford because he did get injured against Newcastle, and I'm not sure if he'll play. My in, on the other hand, because I've taken him out of my team, for example, and the price options I've got, I mean, I could you could go for Gabriel Jesus, you could go for Timo Werner, but he barely scores. So, yeah, I don't know why you would. My one's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be Edward from Palace, actually. Yeah. That's not a bad shout because um, every. Because he, he could. He will get goals. He got a lot of goals at Celtic. So, he's a decent option. And he'll free up a lot of money in the bank for future weeks as well, potentially. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. An interesting one there. Right, boys, that's the end of the show. Very good show. Very lost to talk about. Covered all of it. And I look forward to the next one. Thank you, Nick, for coming. Debut on your foot on the football show. George, thank you for coming as well. We will no see worries. you next week, guys. Nope.